0: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 52 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I
1: am Jacob Miracle.
0: And we are happy to be talking to you today. <laughs>
1: Couldn't be happier, let me tell you.
0: You look happy. Again, Jacob is wearing all gray and a black and gray scarf. Of
1: course. Well, you got to accessorize, like I said. you got to make sure everything matches. Don't you have...
0: Look at my sweater.
1: Your sweater is lovely. One it's, of your numerous Christmas ones.
0: I do have a lot of Christmas sweaters. This one's got, like, frolicking reindeer.
1: It, I. You know, and I, now
0: we know they're either female female reindeer, or castrated reindeer from our last episode.
1: Oh, that's true. We did. We did discuss discuss this topic. So. See?
0: <laughs> we're, and we're ahead
1: of ourselves. We're t- even ta- we're prophets now.
0: That's it. And today, so the day that we're recording, this is also a very special day. Do you want to know why, Jacob?
1: Uh, Roma's debuting on Netflix.
0: That is really exciting. Yes, that Roma is debuting. But it is my sweet mama's birthday.
1: Oh, is it? Yep. Yep. Well, so, hang on, birthday. Jacob.
0: I have something very special. We only take out the big guns for this, so oh, let me give her a little of this. Here we go.
1: Ooh, what is that? They little, got a little extra little extra, extra. little extra jam on the end of that. Yeah. See? I, love, I love that trumpet so much. <laughs> the
0: trumpet. Again, only special occasions. So happy birthday, Ma. And, okay, let's get into it. We need to have a little bit of a discussion again about Christmas. So
1: It happens every year.
0: I, it's very wise. I think that you know that Christmas, I mean, it isn't always just mistletoe and holiday cheer, right? It I usu- mean,
1: usually isn't, actually.
0: Sometimes people have real-life stuff to deal with, um, and it just so happens that maybe they have to deal with it around December 25th. Yeah, of course. So... This is awesome because, you know, with feel-good films like Miracle on 34th Street, you get to bring your whole family together and have like a real moment. But sometimes you're just not in that mood and you don't want to see a perfect Christmassy ending
1: i dare say most of the time people are not in the mood there you to go that.
0: but you don't want to be a total grinch during the holidays so you not want to grinch. experience I see what some you, did there. you like that yeah
1: that's very smart brought
0: around so writers like your man uh Stephen de we all know you love him i do mr diehard and shane black
1: oh like, shane black that's my dude right yes, there. yes
0: those are people who understand this concept all too well and they've produced um a lot of films about what happens around Christmas and it may include elements of Christmas, but they are not necessarily films about Christmas yeah, at just, all.
1: Just so happens that it's Christmas time when this stuff's all going down.
0: Just happens to be. So we're gonna talk about some of the all time great Christmas adjacent films. I, I like how you
1: took that deep <laughs> breath there when you said great. You're like, mm, I'm looking at my you, list. I don't know. You about know,
0: that. I mean but ones that we love to watch. So again, these are movies where the holiday season doesn't really play an intrinsic role in the story but is like is more relegated to the background. So it serves yeah. only a, a minimal minimally to the plot progression or it's whatever. just you know
1: something for cool lighting effects you get that christmas light look <laughs> going of, on. Yeah. everybody gets to wear a coat
0: and again it's in case you don't want a super christmasy if you don't want to lo- watch love actually because Ugh. it's terrible it's actually your, it's your,
1: your favorite movie by the way
0: i i hate it so much i was gonna do a whole episode about how i hate it but then i saw that the internet has really taken care of that and i didn't <laughs> want to beat a dead horse but i'm glad that it took people you know, a while but that they caught on that love actually <laughs> is terrible
1: to me you are perfect. Don't. Oh, my God. I got a bunch of cards. I will just, I will
0: just slit your throat right now. That, that movie, <laughs> that scene in particular infuriates me. So, yeah, but this will give you, like, the Christmas feel without, without being drowned in it, right?
1: In fact, you're going to have a good time with a bunch of these movies because they're awesome. We wouldn't tell you to watch it if we didn't think it was awesome. I feel like
0: right. we, a couple that we covered last year of our favorites, like Die Hard and Gremlins, those would fit, but everyone, you know, we know about those a lot, so we're going to kind of move on yeah, from those.
1: They recently just voted Die Hard as not a Christmas movie. So that, how
0: dare they? Yeah,
1: it was. they did a reader poll and it was like 64% said it's not, so 60, you know.
0: 64 dum-dum. Yeah, don't know what, what they're talking say. about. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, you want to start? Uh-huh. Let's. What, what, should we just jump in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so. First one I'm going to talk about is Edward Scissorhands.
1: That does happen at Christmas. Right,
0: good it? good one. So I think Tim Burton has a sweet spot for Christmas time, like those come up yeah. a few times in his
1: films. Yeah, he's made it a couple times. It's a good it's a good look for him. It fits his aesthetic very well.
0: It definitely does. So if somehow you're unfamiliar with the story, I will quickly say it's about a scientist who builds an animated human being, which is our lovable Edward.
1: I had qu- I have questions about that. We'll get we'll come back to that.
0: Uh-oh. So played by Johnny Depp when Johnny Depp was awesome, and yep. the scientist ends up dying before he can finish assembling Edward.
1: Played by Vincent Price.
0: Yes, and so he leaves him with scissor blades instead of hands, which is you know still, a common a common thing. I'm still not sure
1: about that. It's a t- um, decision to start with the scissor hands, but maybe
0: he just had nothing. He had nothing else available. Eh, yes, um, but then a loving suburban woman played by Diane Weist, who will make everybody's holiday happier because she's adorable,
1: yeah, friend of the show,
0: and she discovers Edward. She takes him home, and he falls for her teen daughter, uh, Winona Ryder. Um, Sadly, though he ends up an outcast, I just threw my pen across the room, um, and that's that. So, the story of Edward Scissorhands it definitely starts, I think, in the summer. I mean, it does, because he's cutting all those lawn sculptures with his cool scissor hands. But the last third of the movie kind of culminates into there's ice sculptures, there's tacky Christmas decorations all over these houses. So,
1: Anthony Michael Hall is in this doing Christmas stuff at the end.
0: There you go, just doing Christmas stuff. I like that. That's a great description. But the film, which is very brightly colored, is really bookended by visions of snow at the end. And then it has like an um, an aged Winona Ryder explaining to her granddaughter why it always snows on Christmas. So,
1: which great feel. Nice little, that's actually true, you know. when you see the end of the movie, but that's also it's a nice little thing to say with her little tale of the cyborg robot.
0: Don't call him a cyborg I don't know what robot. He is. It He's always confused not.
1: me what he was. I was like, I "What is this dude? Is he a zombie? Is he?" That's the thing. I was like, "I'm confused about the origins of Edward Scissorhands." Well,
0: here. he built him like a human. He's well, a human with.
1: See, you keep using that word "built," and that's what always tripped me well, up. Well,
0: Frankenstein like, built a person who came alive. So, well, he,
1: well I, that's another thing. We don't. We get into this. We can talk about this for hours. But uh, Frankenstein's technically a zombie, isn't he? We're making this is a Christmas zombie movie. No, he's a
0: zombie there. in the movies. In the book, he does not like take dead people and do that. That's completely made up in the movies. I just read the book this Halloween, which I wasn't totally into, but he like builds them. Hmm. Yeah, it's okay. very interesting. But ultimately, too, in Edward's Scissorhands, I think the most Christmassy and saddest scene is when the scientist presents Edward for his Christmas present as his real hands. And and then he dies before yeah. he can attach them. And it it's a real hardcore spoiler heart alert, but I think you've seen it.
1: He is just like looking right at him and it's, then you see the smile go away and just dead.
0: Yeah. And the hands get all cut up. Yeah. Tragic. But great great Christmas slash non Christmas movie. So check that out. And Jacob, give us something else.
1: All right. So I am gonna go with a dual book and movie combination Ooh. here. You Liking that? I just watched it recently, too, as a matter of fact. Okay. I'm going to go with L.A. Confidential. Ooh, yeah. The James Elroy novel, Curtis Hansen movie.
0: First of all, that movie is amazing.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot how good it was. I watched it. I like, would wow. like to,
0: I would like to rewatch it, especially when like everyone was unknown. Russell Crowe was kind of unknown and Guy Pierce.
1: Guy Pierce is still unknown. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, they have all. it's an all-star cast. Like To say it's an all-star cast is an understatement. Every yeah. single person that you see in this movie is somebody famous.
0: Remind me of all the Christmas yeah. stuff. I feel like there's a bunch of it.
1: It's mostly, it's just set at Christmas. Like, you can okay. tell it is because there's Christmas trees everywhere and okay. there's, like, wreaths. But, you know, okay, so if you haven't seen it, it is a um, it is a detective story, as is usually the case with James L. Roy novels. Um, it's basically a whodunit about a bunch of women that are showing up murdered. One they're just
0: showing up, and they're like, hey, I'm murdered. I'm murdered. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> but there's also um, elements. Well, there's also like uh, Guy Pierce's story, one of the more underrated actors of all time, because mm-hmm. the guy's always awesome, um, about him playing a like, career-absorbed, kind of jerky, but also by-the-books kind of detective. Um, Russell Crowe is in there as uh, a cop who absolutely hates any kind of violence against women. It is mm-hmm. just like anathema to him.
0: Doesn't he get in a cool Christmas fight? Yeah, that? With, uh, Like on Christmas Day or something? Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, because his uh, partner, who's the one that ends up beating up some uh, you know, minorities in the in the lockup, which is also another big pivotal scene in the movie that propels it. Yeah, he uh, sees a guy that's beating up his wife just randomly and just goes and absolutely goes Russell Crowe on the guy. It
0: sounds super Christmassy. I like it. I'm pretty sure what I remember is that all of the real pivotal scenes that move the movie forward. All happen, like, on Christmas.
1: Oh, yeah, because the yes. movies, it's entirely, like, set around Christmas. Yeah. It's okay. Los Angeles, so, you know, there's Christmas trees, but there's not a whole lot of snow It's weird.
0: I lived in L.A. F- for a while, and during Christmas is very strange. Like, they decorate so much, and they have, like, fake kind of ice sculpture things, but you're, like... I'm wearing shorts. You
1: know, It it's doesn't a, work that well. It's actually, you know, that's a very good representation of LA. Everything really <laughs> just feels kind of fake around there. All
0: right. Have you lived there? Because it's great. So I don't want to hear I about it. I wish
1: I did. I would like to wear shorts yeah. on December 25th. Not,
0: it's not fake. I mean, it is, but it's great. <laughs>
1: Go on. So, yeah, LA Confidential, is just... It's one of those movies that didn't really make a splash at the box office. It was up for Best Picture. I don't remember what else was up that year, but no. I remember it definitely was a strong contender for it. The book's really good. Um, yeah. So, you know, check it out. It's a good look, choice. If you're looking for yourself for a good detective story, this is the one to do.
0: Boo, boo, boo. Okay, cool. Um, So for me, the next one, I'm going back to Tim Burton again. Uh, oh, I
1: see you got a favorite.
0: He knows Christmas. And so this is his second and ultimately final run at directing the Batman franchise with Batman Returns. Oh,
1: oh, Batman Returns.
0: Okay, so he set the sequel um for the holiday season and,
1: and unlike
0: Edward Scissorhands, I'd say Batman Return um it definitely has the holiday in plain view like there's decorations all over throughout gothic there's a tree lighting ceremony slash kidnapping if i remember correctly um this is the one if you don't remember where it has our villains are max uh shrek who's the penguin max um, is
1: not the penguin oswald oh cobblepot. max
0: shrek and the penguin that's yeah. right cobblepot. <clears throat>
1: Max Shrek is Christopher Walken. I don't know how you could forget that important. That's the gift that Tim Burton gave us in this You movie. know, I
0: have that movie at home because I wanted to rewatch it, but I haven't. So I'm pretty, I'm a little hazy on it. Oh, I, I remember Catwoman. It. We got Michelle Pfeiffer.
1: Batman just flat out murdering so many people in this movie. Is that right? There's, there's pro- he throws a dude in a sewer and throws a bomb in there after him and the guy blows up. There is problems with the, it's, <laughs> the version Christmas-y.
0: Well, this It's the I think this might be the only superhero movie to use the... Uh, the most wonderful time of the year is its, its well, setting. It I think mostly those movies come out in the summer, like they're the big blockbuster summer films, and oh, it absolutely. would look a little weird for it to come out in the summer the and o- have a Christmas setting.
1: The only other one that did have a Christmas setting was Iron Man three, and that's because Shane Black directed it. So oh my god, yes, done? of
0: course it is. But from a visual standpoint, I'd say the mixture of Um, The snow-covered Gotham looking dreary and yet sparkling with the lights and decorations is quite striking. And I think it works really well for this film.
1: And I I definitely like Tim Burton's Batman. So in that Um, general.
0: Michael Keaton, for me, is the only Batman.
1: Oh, I know. He is the best. There's rumors going around Hollywood that we can discuss off air here.
0: You did you see what you did in my face? I almost got Whiplash looking up so quickly. Oh,
1: yeah. there, There's rumblings because if DC's smart, there's something that they can do that they really should be doing that they're doing on TV.
0: Freaking out. They could
1: bring Batman. They could bring Tim. Um,
0: Freaking out, man.
1: Bring old Michael Keaton back. Yeah. Batman Returns is a very good choice because Christmas does play a big part in the story considering it's ho- yeah. the time that the um Penguin's trying to get his, you know... Cobblepot,
0: plan. in case you don't know, that's his
1: name. It's weird <laughs> that they have a, a mayoral election around Christmas, but we can skip over that. We're that's fine. A, that's a good it. We accept, it. We accept it. it.
0: So, yeah, that's a good one. All right. I don't want to talk too much here because we'll run out of time. What do you got? We're going to
1: run out of time
0: either way. It's true.
1: So, we'll go ahead and we'll go with another one that's a... Action movie fair and Shane Black movie, of course, because you know, what are you gonna do? Lethal Weapon, the very first movie.
0: I'm trying to remember the first one, just help me out. Is that does that start um, with him?
1: That's with Gary Busey, and it starts with Is uh, Mel
0: buying drugs at? Is it the yep. guys who sell Christmas trees. Yep, okay, the Christmas tree guys. <laughs> that's right. I was gonna <laughs> like, say like, well,
1: the movie starts with somebody committing suicide, so that's where the that's well, where that's, we that's get them. Well, that's downer,
0: that. but yes, um, um, the but Christmas yeah. tree shootout battle. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, where he just poking people in the eyes and goes full three students. So. <laughs> he
0: really does. He's totally crazy.
1: So, uh, I think people kind of lose where Lethal Weapon ends up with, like, Lethal Weapon 4, which is just, like, a I don't sad parody of where it was. Okay. The first movies are pretty intense, actually. There is some dark stuff going on, considering, you know, Mel Gibson's suicidal for the first two or three movies in this series. Okay. Um, but, yeah, Lethal Weapon basically covers two detectives, uh, Riggs and Murtaugh, who are kind of, like, slammed together. Murtaugh, even though he's, like, 50 years old and still in pretty good shape, is about to retire. And they decide for his one last thing, they're going to give him a partner who is kind of on his way out, but they just need somebody to, like, babysit him. So they figure, why not this dude, which is Mel Gibson in the role that made him a huge star. Yeah. You know, like, I think this is the one that really took off.
0: I mean, his hair alone, he deserved it.
1: That hair is luxurious. <laughs> so good. That is one of the all-time <laughs> great mullets in movie history. Yeah like oh uh, yeah <laughs> we could do an entire episode just about Mel Gibson's hair from Lethal Weapon we In won't
0: fa- we won't though so please don't don't worry <laughs> spoiler alert it's <laughs> coming everybody
1: um but it is one of the seminal action movies of the 80s like from the you know from the um saxophone score to Gary Busey as your villain to just great action scene after great iconic action scenes throughout this entire movie And a little bit of the Christmas
0: spirit. So perfect.
1: What part of Lethal Weapon the title is doesn't sound like Christmas spirit. That is just it doesn't get any more Christmassy than that. It
0: really doesn't. Well done. What do you got? Um, So next one, a movie we mentioned once before, but I have to bring up again is In Bruges.
1: Ah, You love that movie.
0: I do love that movie. I also just love Bruges. So... After a particularly difficult job, Hitman Ray, played by Colin Farrell, and Ken by Brendan Gleeson, they head to Belgium to hide out until things cool down. And the Colin Farrell character really hates the city of Bruges that they're in, even though it's magical, and Brendan Gleeson gets that. And then they have these really kind of surreal and possibly life changing experiences. So the fact that this movie takes place during Christmas time has little bearing on the plot. I didn't even
1: realize it took place at Christmas. Yes,
0: you do forget because it's scarcely mentioned. Um, but you do see people decorating around the city and in the hotel. There's a lot of locals doing like uh, tree trimming. I, spe- I feel like especially in the hotel that they're in there's decorating and then in London when Ralph Fiennes who is their mob boss is like freaking out at them he ends up freaking out at his wife and kids and he screams at them and there's like a Christmas tree in the background so it's <laughs> really it's real appropriate um, yeah so again despite these visuals it never fully registers that it's Christmas time so that's how you know it's perfect for our list of Christmassy movie without it being very integral part.
1: Our very specific qualifier that we put on this week. Yes, (laughs) because
0: that makes sense.
1: (sighs) Such a good movie in Bruges. Underrated, just like most Colin Farrell movies, I feel like.
0: It is totally underrated. And I do have to say, though, it's really funny because, especially if you're going there, him hating Bruges is more hilarious to me because it is just the greatest place on earth. But for many days you would get bored, but in the beginning it's... It's so magical, Jacob. So basically,
1: if you hit a bruise, stay for like three or four days and then, you know.
0: Maybe three. Maybe three three tops, and then you are, you're going to get pretty bored. (laughs) But before that. So that's a really good movie in any sense. That's what's great about all of these films. You can watch them, get a little Christmas time fill, but you can watch them any time of year. Yeah. So, okay.
1: All right. I'm going
0: to, I might cut one or two out as we move on because we're running out of time so Uh, what do you have
1: we're always running out of time so the next one i'm going to go with is part of the eddie murphy verse i'm going to go with trading places
0: trading places so good
1: so in case you know i mentioned that because in case you did not know trading places technically is uh, has a sequel in coming to america because there is some crossover characters between the two movies Are there i don't remember there is there's the two old dudes from this one, or oh, in. the two old
0: dudes, those lucky guys.
1: Yep, they are in the coming to America, <laughs> so they got their story continues uh, in that movie. Okay, um, but this movie is basically a story of uh Mortimer, and I can't remember his brother's name. Oh, I won't the remember two, it the all. two old guys Waldorf. Let's go. Oh, I might have got it. So, Waldorf and Mortimer, because old rich dudes on Wall <laughs> that's Street, that's their names. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? Difficult. <laughs> um, so they are just like these really old. Timey bankers, you know, Wall Street guys. Imagine a stereotype of a Wall Street guy. Bam. Now you got it. Okay. So they decide they're going to make a bet. They're doing a kind of a nature versus nurture thing. Um, after they, ha- well, Dan Aykroyd works for him. He's like their star employee, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like a brown noser as it were. So one day he has like an altercation with Eddie Murphy, who's basically a homeless. Well, not homeless, but like a street kind of guy, you know, doing Eddie Murphy things, trying to grift people. He kind of runs into him getting chased by the police, and they see him, and they have a discussion about, could you just take one person based on their upbringing and put them into a completely new scenario, and then would they excel, or would they just like let their natural, like the way they've always been, take over? Right. So they decide they're going to make this bet for a dollar, and they're just going to screw with two people's lives just to see how this all goes. Sounds fun. So they basically fire Dan Aykroyd, make sure he loses his job, all his money, his girlfriend, everything in his life. And so that way he gets to be Eddie Murphy. So and then, then they, they w-
0: kind of trade places. Yeah, you like that. It's
1: almost like the title, <laughs> like crisscross. Um, but yeah, it's tell just me about what, the Christmas. It's well, it's set at Christmas. You know, we get the Great. the iconic scene of Dan Aykroyd drinking heavily in a dirty Santa suit, Sounds considering like going yep. to kill Eddie Murphy <laughs> and all <laughs> right. of his work. Like <laughs> very, <laughs> um, very good. But so the whole movie basically hinges on this. Uh, like fruit report that they're doing based on the um, price of orange juice. It's a really weird. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. We don't but
0: have to get too into it. Just, um, but it's uh, one of the
1: great. It's a great comedy from the 80s. This is Dan Aykroyd back when he could actually was good. Eddie Murphy's always good. Young Jamie Lee Curtis. And it's just. One of the best movies. I just like that movie. It is a good one. I think
0: maybe I'll even grab that. You should. That's a good one to put on and have people over. If
1: there's one thing I know about everything we listen to on All (laughs) Books, it's that we have it at all of our local libraries. If we send
0: it there, remember.
1: Well, that's if we don't have it, we'll send it there. Yeah,
0: not every library owns everything. That would be crazy, though, wouldn't it? It would just be like these exploding buildings that's just <laughs> how good we are so,
1: Yeah. everybody has every library has everything everybody.
0: Yeah. um okay I love that one so next one is probably the most Christmas centric movie that I have on my list eyes wide shut I am hoping you're not even gonna bring that one up but I think people would still argue against calling it a true Christmas movie which is just friends
1: Oh, I love just friends.
0: It's so, bad. <laughs> so it is about high school student Chris Brander, who is played by Ryan Reynolds. This
1: is young Ryan Reynolds, like this is the full Ryan the most, Reynolds people.
0: most hilarious Ryan Reynolds, and he loves his best friend, Jamie Palomino, who's played by Amy Smart. And then when they're young, he confesses his true feelings, but she tells him that she wants to be just friends. Um, so he ends up leaving town and then ten years later, he's a successful record executive. He's involved with um, this really self-absorbed pop star Samantha, played by Anna Ferris.
1: Who, who is on a fifty. I got a, a level of ten. <laughs> she, she is at fifty. This entire is, movie. I love
0: Darla. I love her so much. Um, but um. He still pines for Jamie, so he's supposed to go to Paris for the holidays. But something happens with the plane, and he ends up going.
1: They try to microwave a burrito. Yes,
0: she does. (laughs) Um, And they end up back in his hometown. And of course, it is Christmas time. There's lots of snow. There's decorations. There's parties. We got some quality ugly sweaters. I mean, we have carolers. We have ice skating. Just holiday cheer throughout the whole movie, so it's great for that. But the it's destruction, not the, the destruction main
1: of Christmas dioramas in front yards. Oh, always a staple is, of good that comedies. That is
0: terrible because Anna Faris is so banana crazy. I love her. I also tried to find like a clip. But I was like, I don't even want to spoil it. And it doesn't even make sense unless you can look at her eyeballs and see how insane she is when she's delivering every line.
1: Oh, yeah. If we were to do clips of that one, you, you wouldn't. get It would like, this it would is, just miss out. Sounds but like a horribly annoying character. Nope. It's awesome.
0: So this movie is great any time of year, but I highly recommend it. Christmas time.
1: Palomino. See?
0: Jamie Palomino. Oh,
1: Amy Smart <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand his obsession with that. Oh, Brian Reynolds, man! Wow, that dude just made a career out of doing like the same kind of character. Didn't kind he?
0: of, I mean, he could, he might as well be Deadpool in that movie. Like it's, a, it's pretty much the they same just
1: thing. just re released that. Did you know that? Once Upon a Deadpool. It's a PG thirteen movie oh, version I of s- the Deadpool two that yeah, already came out. I, I saw something like that. That is such good marketing. I think sure make some extra money on the movie you already made. Make
0: all the money you can. <laughs> I support it. Okay, what else?
1: All right, so. We won't be able to talk about this one for very long because there's we're gonna the longer we're talk about it is more time than we get in between swears in this movie. Uh, oh, but then that, it's
0: not Eyes Wide Shut because I was like we could just skip that all together. Uh, I,
1: I wouldn't torture you with the best Stanley Kubrick movie.
0: Oh, Jacob, it. <laughs> I it, not only is it a terrible movie, it's so terrible for Christmas. It's so depraved and messed up and weird, a, and I hate it.
1: It's the first movie I saw when I turned eighteen. Uh, was the first movie when I can go see R-rated movies. I was this like, is going you to told me this
0: before, and it's why I understand who you are inside it does, and out.
1: It does explain an awful it lot. It explains by
0: the way. way too much. Yeah, but I, anyway. inception, I
1: inceptioned you to talk about it. You <laughs> didn't even want to do it. Uh, <laughs> so I was actually going to mention uh, the Ref with Dennis Leary.
0: Oh yeah, good. I want to talk about that too. I That's used, a good one. I used
1: to watch this movie a lot when I was younger. Probably shouldn't have, but it used to be on Showtime a lot specifically Showtime. It's never an HBO-level quality movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, Dennis Leary is a cat burglar who is trying to steal some diamonds from a really rich dude in the suburban part of, uh, well, I'll say Connecticut because I'm not sure where it is. It
0: is Connecticut.
1: Oh, look at that. All right. <laughs> so he uh, sets off an alarm, so he has to run away and hide. He basically takes two people hostage. Uh, I think it's Annette Bening and Kevin Spacey. It's
0: definitely not Annette bending. It's Judy Davis.
1: Yeah, it's Elseworld uh, Annette Bening.
0: Okay, sure, <laughs> sure. So Judy doesn't deserve her name mentioned. That's fine.
1: I, uh, yes,
0: they're a married couple. Yes. So,
1: so they, uh, he kidnaps them, thinking that hey, I'm just gonna take these people back. And it's gonna be, you know, not great, but I'll be able to hide out there. Turns out he grabs like the worst bickering, like that's literally the, on the last verge of divorce. These two are just fighting the entire time. Don't even care that he's there. Almost seems like he they would welcome him, like taking him out and stuff. So basically, being at him being Dennis Leary, we all know how Dennis Leary is. He's basically just at the height of his powers at this point. Cannot stand listening to these two argue, so he gets his name the ref because he basically has to be the referee between the two.
0: It's such a good Christmas time movie because while we all know you love your family, it's like at the same time, it's really hard to be cooped up in the same house with them for too long. And that really is summed up in this
1: film. Oh, for sure. Like... Secrets come out, true feelings come out, all because you got this guy who's trying to hide yeah, the fact like his, that he's... Yeah, like when
0: Kevin Spacey's mom shows up. Mm-hmm.
1: And like the whole movie, mess. Dennis Leary trying to not let everybody know that he's a criminal, and those two trying to hide it because he's like, oh, if, you know, if I have to kill everybody, I will, but I don't want to. Yeah. Oh, it's such a fun movie, and boy, it's a lot of swearing.
0: I was also, that was one that I um, was like, oh, I should do that. Like a clip from that would be funny because... The couple fighting is funny. Dennis Leary is funny, and uh, no, 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 there was no. no clip. I was like, okay, we can beep that. I'm like, and that, and that. All right, I'll just let yeah. it go. Yeah, you know what? It's just it's easier just if we just skip lot. the whole thing. Yeah, pretty much.
1: But yeah, go check it out, folks. This is a good, good Christmas movie. And anytime you get to see a drunken Santa get punched in the face, it's a good time for it's
0: Christmas. This, this is what appeals to Jacob. Just so we all, just so we all know what he's about. <laughs> um, okay, so the last one that I'm gonna mention. Is The Apartment, the Best Picture Academy Award winning film from Billy Wilder? Never saw it. Wilder?
1: Wilder? Yeah, sure.
0: Wilder. Yes. I feel like I said w- Wilder.
1: Nah, you didn't. You said Wilder.
0: Okay, good. Um, Now, I don't know why this doesn't scream Christmas movie. I don't know if it's like... The extramarital affairs, the alcoholism, the suicide attempts, and the depression is, is really? not Christmassy enough for people.
1: It, it's not. It sounds like you're hitting all the high points, <laughs> yeah. actually, at Christmas.
0: Um, so, but despite all of this, the crux of the film takes place during this um, uh, season, especially at a Christmas Eve office party, which is really what sets the rest of the film in motion. Um, Plus, it's super hilarious and it goes through New Year's. So you're covered for at least another week of holiday movie viewing if this is one that you check out. So if you're not familiar with it, it is about insurance worker Cece Baxter, who's played by Jack Lemmon. He's wonderful. And he lends his Upper West Side apartment to the company bosses for them to use for their extramarital affairs.
1: Oh, that's what it, yeah. not what I thought that movie was about.
0: Nope. So when his manager begins using his apartment in exchange for promoting him, um, Jack Lemmon is really bummed to learn that the guy's mistress is Fran, who's played by Shirley McLean, also wonderful. She's the elevator girl at work, and that's who Jack Lemmon is into. So then he's kind of has to choose the girl, the job, yada, yada. Mm,
1: interesting.
0: It's a great film. It's a classic. I mean, there is a, a reason that it won the the best
1: picture oh one best picture too
0: oh yeah remember uh, best picture yeah. academy award winner from billy wilder
1: wilder is he related, like still is <laughs> is he related to gene i don't I mean, know couple, we'll have to find that out some, something to google after the show I suppose.
0: something i'm gonna ask a librarian yeah. that's what i'm gonna do we'll find one <laughs>
1: there's got to be one walk <laughs> around one somewhere
0: <laughs> um but yeah so again some of the themes are not Christmassy, but this is what we're doing for you when you don't want to be hit over the head with Christmas. These are the movies yeah. you should see. The apartment, anyway, because it's a classic
1: film. Yeah, it's like the conversation. You should just watch it.
0: All right, why don't you finish one? Why don't you finish up one
1: more? Okay, uh, I'm gonna go with what is probably. One of the greatest movies of all time. Oh, certainly. I'm nervous. One of the top five movies of the 80s. Mm-hmm. That's Rocky Four. Rock,
0: good old Rocky Four. Okay.
1: So I just went to go see Cree 2, So I basically saw Rocky Four part two. Oh,
0: we'll have to talk about that Yeah, we later. will.
1: Not very long. Okay. Not much to talk about. Oh. So mm-hmm. saw Rocky Four. Uh,
0: this is where Rocky uh, ends, pretty much single handedly <laughs> ends the Cold War, right? Yeah,
1: Rocky ends the Cold War with a speech and a boxing match. Oh, boy. So. If you just imagine Stallone where he was in the 80s, this is that. in.
0: I imagine him mumbly. <laughs> That's yeah, we're totally
1: <laughs> going to fight the Russians.
0: But I don't remember the Christmas.
1: Oh, the whole movie? Yeah, the beginning of it is um, happening at Christmas because they gift Polly with a <laughs> fully working AI robot right straight out of the Terminator, basically. Oh, no. As a gift. Um, so this movie is... It's a Rocky movie, so you know it's going to end with a fight. But basically, it's a story of Rocky trying to avenge the death of Apollo Creed at the hands of the evil Russian Ivan Drago. Mm. Oh, the, the greatest use of... There is no less than three spectacular montages in this movie. <laughs> no, I love a good montage. You can always measure a Rocky movie's... Um, Effectiveness by the number of montages, and boy, do they go all in on this one! They play full songs, like they don't do that in movies anymore. Just they, the whole song just, for a montage. There's even bridges. They even play the bridges. They like, oh,
0: it's <laughs> a long time.
1: It's so great, but it's just, just everything you love about Rocky, everything you love about Stallone, everything you love about the '80s is just here. And then, pure. And then just, some Christmas. Some Christmas Some spirit. A little Christmas sprinkled on top. This is the best Rocky movie. I'm sorry.
0: I feel like we'd really be cheating our audience if we didn't give them a little bit of a Rocky clip. Can we throw something up there?
1: Hey, it's a great idea. Okay. I just, just want to say one thing to my kid who should be home sleeping. Merry Christmas, kids! You can see what you're just pop it See, that's what I'm talking about. Even when you're (laughs) saying Merry Christmas, they got to put hearts on fire in the (laughs) bedroom. You better be in bed by now. <laughs> well,
0: see, now we've proven that it is good for Christmas.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so, so good. <laughs> right. It's my favorite Rocky movie.
0: All right. Well, oh, so, so we did it. So it there it you go, everybody. You can go back, listen to older episodes if you want to check out some classic Christmas films. Uh, last week we had animated Christmas films, and now you have this. So it's you're really gonna, all you can handle.
1: You're going to be able to check, just get your whole Christmas covered here. You got the kids, the adults, everybody is in good ground.
0: That's it. Plug us up, and we'll head on out.
1: So remember, everybody, everything you hear on All Booked Up is available at your local library, so come on down, check it out at all that, 37 branches.
0: That voice that you put on for that. You like that? <laughs> That's my commercial voice. That's good. All right, you want some more Christmas facts? I know you love them. I love Christmas facts. Okay, so as we know, the Statue of Liberty was gifted to the U.S. by the French um, in 1886, but you know that it was on Christmas Day? No. Yeah. That so happens. if you think about it, since it weighs 225 tons, this could be considered the biggest Christmas gift in the world.
1: Hey-o. Right?
0: <laughs> I knew you'd appreciate that. Um also now here's some straight facts that right. I know how you I know how your mind works. I know what you like. So to make enough presents, you know, Santa's gotta do here. He would need to have three hundred and seven thousand five hundred elves working two thousand hours per year to produce one gift per hour to create enough gifts for all of the children in the world. Wow. Okay, so now let's say that each elf needs nine square feet of workroom space, which would make the workshop 2,767,500 square feet. Which, in easier terms, Santa's warehouse would be equivalent to 153 Walmart supercenters.
1: Okay. So. He's, he's working a big industry, so.
0: That is really crazy to imagine. So, the whole North Pole, you know there'd what? be no snow, there's
1: just. That explains why Mrs. Claus stepped out with Mr. Christmas. I Arthur, am
0: not. Santa's <laughs>
1: always at work, <laughs> running well, his empire. So,
0: I mean, Santa is very busy, so he has to deliver to over 6 million households per hour on Christmas. So that equals 1,837 houses per second. Great. <laughs> so that so
1: he puts in some work, man.
0: I think you have to really take into consideration Einstein's special theory of relativity, which he talked about how time can run in different rates. Um, you know what's relative to each other. So I'm assuming that there's a lot of science behind
1: this. Yeah, well, you know, some would say magic. But if you watch Thor, they're just like it's the same thing, you just don't understand how it works yet.
0: There you go, perfect. I wanna say thank you to Angela for sending me this information because I didn't know enough about Santa. And yeah, so that is it for us. Happy holidays. We will be off for the next two weeks for the holidays. Boo. So
1: well,
0: that's good. We're gonna like take it in. Take yeah. in the taking the snow, take in the chill. But we will be back on January seventh and we'll be coming with some uh, some of the best books of the year. Yeah, we're so. gonna
1: come with our favorites episode, folks. So. So come on down, check it out. You're going to love it.
0: Get ready for that. And we'll catch you next time. Happy holidays. Bye.